is good, y'all? Welcome back to the Puncher's Point. Now, it has been a very productive day for boxing. Opatia defeated Jordan Thompson. We're going to talk about that in a different video, but right now we are focusing on Canelo Alvarez defeating Jamel Charlo, and he did it in a dominant fashion. He didn't get the knockout, but he got a dominant unanimous decision. And in one of the biggest fights of Jamel Charlo's life, trying to become two-time undisputed, he just came up short. Respect to Jamel Charlo trying to chase greatness, but when you step into the ring with Canelo Alvarez, it takes a lot to beat that man. It takes a lot to kick him off the mountaintop. A lot of people doubted if he's still the king of boxing. I think this fight proves it. Besides that, the card itself, it was a pretty successful card. Um, you got Elijah Garcia and Frank Sanchez coming off impressive KO wins. You got Mario Barrios having a dominant performance over Dennis Ugas and... In the co-main event, a controversial win for Erickson Lubin the day before his birthday. So that's the whole rundown of that card itself. But we are here to talk about Charlo versus Canelo. So you know what? Breezy, you go first. Break it down. Break down this whole fight. Break down how Canelo won. Break down what Charlo could have did better and what's next. Basically, from the start of the fight, Charlo went in there trying to jab. Charlo went in there moving around, which was smart because I told one of the key factors for Charlo's footwork. We know Canelo doesn't have the best footwork. So I said one of the key factors for Charlo was to use the footwork, which he did good in my opinion. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes he got caught up in there because Canelo was stalking him down, cutting that ring off. And we know Canelo is extremely good at cutting that ring off. So even though Charlo was using angles and using footwork, the IQ and the ability of Canelo cutting the ring off was still playing the fact that even with the amount of footwork that Charlo was using, which also shows you how good of a fighter Canelo is and how good of an IQ he has, regardless of the the low amount of footwork he has. Problem with Charlo had today was that he didn't throw a lot. Literally, I mean, if you if you look at the two losses that Canelo took from Mayweather, Bill, what do they all have in common? When they when they when they all threw punches on Canelo, they didn't just throw one punches; they threw punches in bunches, right? Now, Canelo for for Floyd Mayweather, it was different. He was the counter puncher. Bilville, he was the pressure fighter. It seemed like to me, judging off of Jamil's performance, I believe he was going in there with the mindset of Canelo's going to get tired, and once once Canelo get tired, I'm gonna catch him with something, and that's where he messed up at. You gotta understand, you come up two weight divisions, right? You're going to his division, two, three weight divisions, whatever. It don't matter. You're going up in his weight division. He's already prone to that division, right? If there's anybody that's going to get tired in that division, it'll be you. You're putting on heavier weight. Canelo doesn't have to worry about that. He's familiar with that weight. And then you got to remember, Derrick James was like, he said in the interview, I want Charlie to come in lighter. But you remember when he got on that scale, he was heavier. And I told people in the prediction video, you got to watch out for little things like that because Charlo has a history of not listening to Derrick James. And because he has a history of not listening to Derrick James, that's the reason why the Castano fight went, it went the way it did the first fight because of the lack of listening. I was really, try I was really trying my best to, to hear and pick out what Derrick James was saying, but I, I, don't, I don't know if Derrick James was telling him something and he was trying or because he, he couldn't adjust to it or 
if Derrick James was telling him something and he just didn't want to listen, but he came in there, he came in there with literally move around and jab, right? Cool, the footwork is cool, but you got to throw more punches in there, right? You got to have the you got to have the punches match up with the footwork. You can't cut one, you can't cut all these angles and throw one jab, one hook, and that's it. And to people, see people may, oh, you just exaggerate. I'm, I'm not exaggerating. He didn't, he didn't throw as many punches as he was really supposed to. He didn't throw as many punches as you usually see him to. What happened was in this fight, he respected Canelo's power too much. Canelo ended up dropping it, ended up dropping Charlo, and because he ended up dropping Charlo, that made him respect Canelo's power even more. Now I'm not gonna lie, Canelo had his moments. I mean, excuse me, I'm sorry. Charlo had his moments in the fight where he would tee off and he'll unleash fast combinations, but he should have did that from the start of round one. I guarantee you, if he would have did that from the start of round one, the fight would be closer. His chances would probably be better. And, I mean, you can kind of see that Canelo had kind of got a little tired, but he wasn't he wasn't tired like how he was in the past. Like, out of Canelo's last few performances, this is literally his best performance. And I, and I get it, like... You know, he fought a smaller guy in Charlo. I mean, Charlo asked for the fight, he got it. I mean, but look, at the end of the day, when you get in the ring with Canelo, you can't just throw jab, 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 jab. Although Charlo is the taller fighter, although Charlo has the longer reach, you got to have more than just a jab. Like, the footwork, I wasn't mad with the footwork. I, t- I kept telling everybody. He's going to have to use his footwork. You can't stand in front of Canelo. And what did I also tell y'all in the prediction video? If he gets against them ropes, then what's going to happen? Y'all saw, ex- y'all saw exactly what happened when he got against them ropes, right? What? He got, he got dropped. So that's as far as I got said about that fight. But I had it uh, 10-2 Canelo. I gave round five to Charlo and round nine to Charlo. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Everything you said was straight on the money. I gave rounds five and nine to Charlo as well. Some people could have gave Charlo maybe the 12th round, but even then I would give that to him. Overall, like you mentioned, the footwork would have definitely worked, and it definitely did. I do feel like he was quicker, and maybe with a couple pounds off, he would have been a little bit more quicker. But we talked about it. And I, start, I, I was watching first take, and they're saying – Jab and move out the way. That's how you're going to beat him. That's not how you beat him. First of all, the reason why you won't beat Canelo like that is because the judges won't give it to you definitively. They won't do it. If you just jab and move out the way, you're expecting Canelo not to hit you whatsoever. Canelo will hit you. You have to go into a Canelo fight, be prepared that he will hit you. He's And the one thing that we didn't mention is he's going to hit you in all different types of places. He'll hit you in your arms, your body, your head. You know what I'm saying? He will hit you anywhere possible. And no matter where he hits you, it hurts. You know? And you could tell, even if... Because, in my opinion, Canelo landed some crisp punches, but not. But most of those punches didn't land full force. Or they didn't land, like, full connection. You know what I'm saying? So, but regardless, when he would hit him on the arm, you could tell that affected him. When he, when he hit him in the body, and if there were any punches that were connecting, it was those body punches. Dude, those body punches sounded like bombs. I'm, I'm oh, listening yeah. to body punches. I'm like, oh my gosh, because because they literally sounded like bombs. It sounded like a world war in there when he would hit those body punches. And so with Canelo, like you said, he would get him against the ropes and hit him. That was a weakness for both of them, getting them against the ropes. And we talked about how 
depending on who goes against these ropes, is going to be is going to depend on who takes this fight. And Canelo wasn't on those ropes once. Canelo would get Charlo on those ropes and just tee off on him. And it almost seemed like Charlo was playing rope a dope. It almost seemed like he was trying to take like the Muhammad Ali George Foreman route, where he's just going to land the ropes, hope that Canelo gets tired, and then capitalize later. But the truth is that didn't happen. Canelo got a little bit tired in the later rounds, but it wasn't enough for even Charlo to capitalize on. And in my opinion, the footwork was working for most of the fight until later on when Canelo kind of felt it out. Once Canelo started feeling it out, Charlo realized that he had nothing left. But the truth is, we talked about throw your punches in bunches. There were times where Charlo would land, would throw four or five punches and he would land the majority of them, at least three out of five of them, and it would work. If he continued doing that from the beginning rounds, from rounds one through six, he could, it would have been a closer fight. Like you said, maybe Charlo even gained some confidence and wins. Now, when he got dropped, it wasn't like a clean drop. He got clipped clean on those ropes, and it looked like Charlo took a business decision and decided to take a knee before suffering any more damage. To me, that's what it looked like, a business decision, because he just took a knee. It's not like Canelo clipped him and he fell, but because Canelo did clip him, Charlo, like you said, respected his power even more, and because of that, he was just stagnant. And then, like... <laughs> but here's the thing with that fight too if you notice Jermail was actually trying to keep that fight in the middle of the ring I don't know if a lot of people peeped onto that Charlo was trying to anytime you see him trying to come out he kept trying to keep it in the middle of the ring but like I said Canelo he has a way of stalking the fight he has a way of cutting that ring off each and every time Mill try to keep that fight in the ring he would cut that ring off on Mill which which but he ended up backing Jamil Charlo up, and that was also a problem for him too. And I understand he can box off the off the back foot, but the problem was he wasn't just getting back. He was getting back into that corner. He was getting back into that ropes. And if you if you ask me, like I, I'm just gonna put it like this for people that didn't see the fight. Majority of the fight was basically Canelo backing up Mayo. The Mayo would try to slip out, and Mayo would have his moments where he'll get two, three, four, five shots off, and that would be it. But for the most part, it was basically Canelo cutting the ring off, pressuring him down, going to that body, ripping that body apart, and, and basically getting him against the ropes in the corner. To sum it up, that's basically the whole fight. Right. And there were times where Charlo would land like a one-counter punch. Like, you know, he, he, like kind of a little bit of that Mayweather strategy. But the only problem is that's not going to work. It's just not going to work. People need to stop looking at the way Mayweather beat Canelo and thinking that's the key. In order for that to be the key, you have to be defensively sound, just like Mayweather, and you can't. That's the truth. Most people, many people in this world cannot do what Mayweather did. That's why we said take the Bivol route. I back him up against the ropes and land three, four, five punches. Throw those punches at him. Understand that you're going to get hit. And in my opinion, I think Charlo did a good job of not getting hit too hard, you know what I'm saying? Not taking those, not taking those punches at like 100%. Because there were times where he would get hit, but you could tell it kind of deflected off the glove a little bit. You know, there were times where he did get clipped clean. He took it and he took it well, like he took it on the chin. Besides that one time in the seventh round where he got clipped and ended up falling into danger. But you could tell that Charlo respected his power too much. And with somebody like Canelo, you need to respect his power. I agree with that. But at the same time, you can't be you can't be conservative. You can't be stagnant. You can't just be you can't just stand there and let him do what he wants to do with you. You have to make that fight your fight. You have to frustrate Canelo. And that's just something Charlo didn't do. 
And because of that, because Charlo was not as active as he should have been, Canelo now has received his 60th professional win. And even though it wasn't by knockout, like you probably would have hoped it was because they interviewed him. He said, no, like if I don't get the knockout, I'd prove that I'm a dominant fighter for 12 rounds. It's almost like Canelo's like a bull and everybody's the matador. But not many of these matadors have became successful. It's just the bull clipping these matadors and basically not playing those games with them. But with that being said, credit to Canelo for winning and the only question I have left for you, Breezy, is what's next for both fighters? For Canelo, I would like to see him fight Benavidez or no, not well, base or well, winner of Benavidez and Andrade. Um, if not that, I mean, at that point, retire, I guess, and just do exhibitions like Floyd. Then you get to get your hands on Jay Paul. Big money fight. Uh, it's funny. He, yeah, no, I and he and he talked. He was on the uh, the full send podcast, and he said after my professional career is over, that's something I would entertain his exhibition matches, and as he should. I think yeah. for Canelo, for some reason, something's telling me he's going to fight Jamal next. You know, maybe not in the future. Like, well, maybe in the future. I shouldn't say. Allow me to reiterate. So he will fight Jamal, maybe not next, but in the future, I do think that fight's going to happen. Um, Benavides to me is the number one fight that you need to make. I do think Benavides is going to be Andre, and I think Benavides might have more success on Canelo than what Charlo did. But at the same time, this type of Canelo that we've seen today, I don't, th- I don't think anybody's beating him, dude. I'm being honest. I, I think it's going to take a truly special fighter to beat Canelo Alvarez. As for Charlo. That's why I'm, uh, that's why I also want to ask you, what's next for Charlo? You got no other choice but to go back down to one fifty four. You go back down to one fifty four. You know, I, now a lot of people are saying if he loses to Canelo, they don't want to see the Terence Crawford fight. I, I disagree with that. That will still be a good fight. Now I will say this: now because he went to one sixty eight, going back to one fifty four, it might kind of have a little toll on your body now because now you're gonna probably feel a little. Drain now, your body gonna feel a little torn and worn out, whatnot. Um, you go back down 154. I guess you put yourself in position to get the winner of Tim Tazu and the guy that he's fighting. And uh, we say hypothetically, Terrence Crawford move up, yeah. We say hypothetically, Terrence Crawford move up, you uh, you're getting there with Terrence Crawford. The only option for him, unless he's willing and ready to retire, I wouldn't have no problem with that. But the the only other choice he he really has is go to 154 unless he's just going to campaign at 160. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think he goes to 154. Most likely they're going to strip the, I believe, the WBC belt from him. I think he's now stripped of it, actually, since the fight already happened. So, yeah, you get the winner of Tim Tzu and – and Brian Mendoza, and I do think he could beat both those guys. I think he could become undisputed again at 154, which technically makes him two-time undisputed, just not the two-time undisputed that he would have hoped. And then you have a fight with Terrence Crawford, which in my opinion, I think is going to be a lot more competitive because Terrence Crawford did beat Errol Spence Jr., but Terrence Crawford hasn't stepped into the ring with an animal like Canelo Alvarez. You know, you know, that reminds me of what Jamil Charlo did. It reminds me of the time when Izzy went up to light heavyweight to try to fight Yarn Blockowitz. Yeah. yeah, and it was just too much. It was just too much. Yep. 
and, and that's just the way and that's just the way it goes. You know, sometimes you chase greatness and you fall short. But I do believe I do believe Jamel Charlo will get back up there. I do believe that he has to potentially get back up there. I think that a rematch with Canelo, I think if he does rematch Canelo, I think he does a little bit better. I just don't see anybody right now beating Canelo at that weight class. And a lot of people were saying, oh, you know, he's washed. You know, he's not the same fighter that he used to be. And maybe he's declining a tiny bit. But let's be honest, even though he didn't get that knocked out, that was a dominant performance. Canelo, hey. Canelo dog walked him. I, I, as of right now, I can only see three guys beating Canelo. And if those three guys can't beat him, then in my opinion, nobody can. But as, as, as of right now, I got three guys that I feel like they could do it. Not saying they're going to stop him, but they can edge him. Yeah, I mean, to me, one of them's Benavides. I think he's got a good chance. I don't think Andre's got a good chance. I just don't see yeah, it. In my opinion, Andrade, Boo Boo, uh, no, Andrade, Benavides, and in the future, not right now, in the future, Morel, in the future. I agree with that. In the future, yeah, in the future, Morel, I think, has the best shot. I think Benavides has a good chance, but I don't think he's going to do it. He ain't got no defense like that. And I, and I mean, I. It depends how he takes the weight. If he does take the weight really good, which I don't think, I don't think he will. I think I just think it's too much weight to take to pick up. I think, yeah. I think, I think Crawford, I think his style could be a big problem for Canelo. I'm not saying he would knock him out or something, but I'm saying his style is could be a big problem for Canelo if he's able to handle that 167, 168. But as of right now, the only two guys, in my opinion, are probably Benavidez and Morel in the future. I could, I could, I could see. I mean, I don't know. Like I always thought, Boo Boo was underrated, even though he's been dropped in the pad. I feel like if you give Boo Boo the right amount of fights and keep him active, he, I feel like he can do it. Well, only time will tell, you know. So right. you just gotta wait and see. But with that being said, make sure y'all keep tuning into the Punch's Point. For me, it is one thirty a.m. For Breezy, it is twelve thirty a.m. So if we don't sound excited, it's probably because both of us are a little bit tired. But we still giving you this content anyway, which shows the dedication that we have to entertaining you guys and giving you guys our opinion. And again, we appreciate y'all for tuning in and listening to every single episode. Make sure if you guys got relatives, friends, make sure you tell them about the Puncher's Point because we keep on dropping bangers. So with that being said, hope you all have a great day. And with that being said, stay on point.